Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Well, dear listener, you join me and Ian in a very happy place today, aren't we? We are, yes. Uh, I've got a cat on my lap. You've got a cat on your lap? Are you sitting sort of Sutek-like with the cat on your lap? I'm sat in my throne on my little cushion, and I've got a cat on my lap. We were just saying, weren't we, that I I think that was why he didn't get up out of the pyramid for all them them millennia. (laughs) It wasn't because he was trapped. He had a cat on his lap. I don't want to upset the cat. No. The Egyptians, they love cats, don't they? It happens, happens to you all the t- time, doesn't it? You can't oh, get up yeah, till yeah. the cat gets down. I do. I, I'll lay in bed at night in agony with like my knees going towards it because I don't want to disturb the cat. Mm. She's worth it. She's purring away at the moment. She knows we're talking about a good one. Yep, yep. It and it is a good one, isn't she it? She very and, rarely and purrs when we're doing Sylvester McCoy. Yes. You can't see her at all um, during some yeah, of these stories. Yeah, she doesn't bother coming up for some of them. No. But this one, I mean, yeah, I, I, I clearly remember watching this. You said yeah. last week you, you you and your brothers played at being the mummies. So, yes, yeah. So that's 1975. <coughs> it, it, it came out so in October 1975. So. And I was 13. And wow. yeah, no, no, I, I, I can remember it. I can remember the mummies. I remember Sutek. Yeah. I remember being unsettled by Marcus. I think I had good reason to be unsettled by Marcus when you're 13. You must have been he, at seven. Yeah, I, uh, he terrified me at seven. Um, I just found the whole story incredibly... I know it's, it's sort of a cliche to say, you know, Doctor Who scared you as a kid and that, but this one definitely affected me because, like I say, we used to play at the Mummies and that, but, I, yeah, I was terrified of, of Marcus Scarman. He is brilliant. You know, it's superb, yeah. Philip Philip Latham, isn't it? Yes, and and watching it, I'm thinking, no, if they Philip, never Philip got, Lathan. pardon me, is it Philip Latham? No, Bernard Ackard. Ah, uh, that was it. Yeah, no, Philip Latham was Barossa, wasn't he? In yes, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernard Ackard. I always think when I watch it that either you'd have made a very good Grand Moff Tarkin, or if you wanted to have a contemporary of. Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin. He would yes. have been an excellent Grand Moff in Star Wars, don't you think? He he would have been great as an Imperial. Um, I'm presuming then he he didn't last much longer. I don't know when he died. <coughs> I should look into it really. Um, because yeah, he would. He's he's a sort of a shoe in to play an Imperial officer or something, isn't he? He's certainly got the face, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so, um, well, shall we just uh, crack on? Yeah, a crack on. Yeah, there's no cracking in this one. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's give it a go. All right, well, we, we start off and we've got stock footage, haven't we? BBC stock yes. footage. They didn't yeah, have to, lo- lovely they, grain-a-thon stock footage. Yeah, they, they, they didn't have to buy it from uh, anyone. Um, and, uh, yeah... Then we go, 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 obviously we've got a studio interior, we've got, because that's when we find Marcus Scarman, when he's still, yes. well even as a good guy he's um, um, 
you know, he's not exactly, uh, um, you know, a friendly looking chap, is he? No, he, I mean, it, it, it is a good, it's, it's a good performance this initial bit, because it's the only time we, well, actually, no, not the only time, there's two times we see him as as Marcus Scarman rather than the sort of puppet of Sutek. Um, and he's really good, isn't he? He's, he's playing it completely different. Um, but yeah, this this is the only thing with this story, and it's only in hindsight, because at the time I didn't care, but watching it later, the sets are quite um, sparse, aren't they? Mm -hmm. There's lo lots of flats and lots of painted detail, which, again, you wouldn't have noticed on old-school TV. Um, no. But yeah. when you're watching it on, on DVD, you, you certainly notice it. And this tomb is one especially, isn't it? It's like he... <clears throat> he breaks in with his um, his uh, stock troop of Egyptian sort of uh, workers. Mm -hmm. it's like you, you watch it now and you go, mm, okay, no, no, okay, I'll let it go. Um, and he breaks in the tomb, and it's immediately the curse of the BBC lighting. So he's he's got a lamp, yet it's absolutely brilliantly lit <laughs> interior. I love it when he say he pulls back the the, the curtain and he says. Um, you know, Ahmed, your your lamp man quickly. It's like why? It's absolutely daylight clear, mate. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's 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 saying lines that doesn't quite fit what we're seeing. So I think he says something like, "He's like this is amazing. This is the an untouched tomb. The reliquaries haven't been touched." And you look around, and you think, "Oh, it's just a few, it's a few urns and uh, sort of." I imagine they just raided the stockroom for this. Well, I don't mind it because, you know, this story, at least chunks of it, is, is clearly, you know, uh, repeating what Hammer did with their first mummy film. Yes, you know? oh, it, yeah, you're right. It's definite Hammer feel to even to, yeah, these, these sort of sets and that. Yeah, it's definite Hammer feel to it. Yeah, yeah, and the setup, and, and as you say, you know, he's got a little lan lantern, even though, you know, um, it's clearly uh, illuminated anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he finds this curtain and he pulls it back to reveal yes. this eye of Horus, which, well, which he, freaks he, he the locals out. Yeah. He describes it as a tapest an ancient tapestry. It's like, it's a curtain, mate. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't look like a tapestry. Um, yeah, he, pull, he pulls it back on its wooden curtain rings with a lovely swishing sound. And there's the eye of Horus. Yes. And I, I guess he's so driven that he doesn't question why it starts glowing red. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I wondered that. I, I thought, I wonder if that's in the script or whether that was a an afterthought. Because he doesn't mention it at all. He doesn't go, ooh, that's a surprise. Mm. Um, unless it's already sort of hypnotising or something. But no, it, it is a bit strange. Because the other, the, the, his, his workers sort of spot that's the Eye of Horus and they peg it. They, they, they want nothing to do with this. Um, but I... I I want. I mean, I'm not huge on my Egyptology, but I didn't think that the the Eye of Horus was a a scary symbol. No, I it's not a totem or anything yeah. like that. It's not yeah, a curse symbol or anything like that. But yeah. in this story, it is. It is um, in this story. Yeah, and and he goes through into this chamber. We don't see what's in the chamber. He just gets zapped horribly. Yeah. And when I say horribly, I mean horribly acted. I mean old Bernard. That's not a good uh, zapping. No, well, this is this is classic. You've got to fall to the floor, but the actor obviously doesn't want to throw themselves down too much because it will hurt. And this this is again where the floor the floor is the bit I don't like about Sutex too, because it's just a studio floor. There's, at no point do you ever think, well, this is a 
It's far too flat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's too flat. Um, But the only person I've sort of seen actually throw himself down when he's meant to faint like that was Colin Baker in um, Twin Dilemma, you know, where he passes out and, bless him, he whacks himself down onto (laughs) that studio floor. Because it's concrete. Yeah. The studio floor is solid concrete. Yeah, he is kind Um, of lowering himself on the isn't he? Fair dues. You know, he's getting on a bit. i got to say, before we move on from this, um, I love his costume. Mm Mm-hmm. I love the, the look. This is this is my sort of style. And, you know. I like the way later, you know, I mean, he is, he's transported to England. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, throughout the whole thing, he's still wearing his Egyptian yeah. cool outfit, whereas old Lawrence, he's in his uh, tweed, isn't he? Yeah, Lawrence gets the, um, the sort of Dr. Watson-style tweed ensemble, which is not quite as uh, as cool. As old Marcus's, yeah, no. yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he 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 like gets down on the floor, and that's when we get to uh, the TARDIS spinning in space, yeah. um, followed by a classic scene. The first one we're going to have today. This classic scene where we have a morose Doctor. Hey, Doctor! Doctor, look what I found! Hello, Vicky. What? Hmm? Where did you get that dress? I just told you, I found it. Back there in the wardrobe. Why? Don't you like it? Yes, yes, I always did. Victoria wore it. She travelled with me for a time. Well, as long as Albert didn't wear it. (laughs) Oh, come on, Doctor. That's worth a smile, surely. What's the matter? You should be glad to be going home. The Earth isn't my home, Sarah. I'm a Time Lord. Oh, I know you're a Time Lord. You don't understand the implications. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. What's that supposed to mean? It means I've lived for something like 750 years. Oh, you still be middle-aged? Yes! That time I found something better to do than run round after the brigadier. Oh, come on. If you're tired of being unit scientific advisor, you can always resign! Relative continuum stabilizer failed. Oh, not that. I'm, I mean, the thing. What thing? Oh, there was a terrible face just for a second, then it was gone. Yeah. You don't believe me, do you? Nothing can enter the TARDIS. Unless. Unless what? Mental projection of that force is beyond imagination. Yet it might explain the stabilizer failure. Let's see, it was at this end of the. No, Doctor, don't, don't! Whatever it was, I know it was totally malevolent. We've landed. I think this is this is the peak of of Tom's portrayal in it. He had he'd got a, a, a really good season under his belt, most of his second season. He he was he had nailed it at this point and it hadn't gone over into um, into silliness or, or parody. And this first scene, I mean it's A it's a classic shot, there's a classic photograph, isn't there, of Tom mm-hmm. in this outfit, in this pose. <clears throat> and this scene with um, Sarah is just there's a reason everyone quotes this and it appears in all the you know all the uh, documentaries you see this this is a brilliant first TARDIS scene with just one slight niggle what's the niggle is the coincidentalness of Sarah just on this one occasion deciding 
to put on a Victorian dress. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had not thought about that. Because, yeah, she had just found it. The doctor says, hello, Vicky, yeah. when she comes in. But, oh, no, I, I, I've never, ever thought about that. You oh, never yeah. It's always worried me. It's like, oh, that's handy, isn't it? Because if, if she had done it, like, a couple of days before, you would have had, like, the android invasion with her wandering around in a, uh, in a dress. Um, the, other, the other thing that annoys me a little bit, but it wouldn't have at the time, so I have no idea about it, is he, go, he goes, uh, hello, Vicky. Oh, that dress belonged to Victoria. They never referred to Victoria as Vicky. No. Vicky no. was a completely different character, so it's like, what's going on here? But then, it's meant to be the Doctor remembering, isn't it? So, yeah. I forgive him. I, I, I tell you what, the, um, the, the Sarah Jane in the dress, I mean, the TARDIS is just about to be pulled off course. Yeah. But not pulled through time, so it could be that they were going somewhere Victorian. And got pulled off course. That's yeah, why she's could, dressed like that. It, it, it could be, but it does. Her dialogue does come across that. Oh, I just found this old dress. Yeah, yeah. And I, I found an old musty Victorian dress. I thought I'll try it on. Yeah. yeah we've all been there, haven't we? You know. But they are brilliant, you know. I yes. like the way, you know, with his back turned to Sarah, she's like taking the piss, basically, you know, putting the shawl over yeah. her head and uh, and what yeah, have if you. you. If you want to, um, if you want to see why Sarah and Liz Sladen win best companion polls all the time watch this story yeah no 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 it's Again, a ter it's terrific scene, scene. Yeah, I, I, yeah i i do like it it is a classic as i say yeah and it, um, it's also it's not only a great scene it's it's really good what now would be i suppose be considered arc style storytelling because he's he's fed up with being unit scientific advisor it's prepping the way that yeah you're not going to see unit again for a while yep and he's middle-aged He's feeling yes. middle-aged yeah. as well, yeah. Um, so the TARDIS rocks and, and Sarah yeah, sees this face. Strings, yeah. yeah, on his strings, yeah. And Sarah sees this face. Yes. Uh, this is puppet Sutek, isn't it? Yes, this is... This is... Uh, this is well, I don't know, because it's not even... It's, it's literally a head, isn't it? It doesn't move or anything. No, it's, no, no. This is a static yeah. puppet um, built yeah. by John Fre Freelander. Yes. It's, um, it's weird watching it in... Um, on DVD as well because you can see quite a bit of detail on this this static head that they show um, and it, it, it's weirdly got like ginger fur I hadn't spotted the ginger fur it. yeah it's, it's, it's like oh, I noticed it last night when I watched it I was like that's weird so Sutek is a ginge <laughs> no wonder he's so hoping, bitter yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I was hoping because he is bitter I was hoping that Tom might you know, say, why the long face, Sutek? Yeah, <laughs> that would have been a good it one. It would have, in, in later stories, it would have, wouldn't you? You know it would. Absolutely, yeah. So the TARDIS lands, the Doctor says that yes. that was a mental projection, um, a very powerful one, and they find out they're at Unit HQ. Yeah, um, or, or the building that used to be. The Priory yeah. that was there, yeah. because the Priory burnt down. Yeah. Um, and Again, this is, this is pure exposition, but it's done in such an entertaining and, and realistic way, and at, at no point do you think that they're info dumping stuff on you. It mm. just flows naturally. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's a nice. I, I like this scene. I like the the, the conversation, and especially yeah. as it comes later when the uh, the butler comes in. It's like Tom at his best again. Yeah, and I'd like the idea that you know, oh, they know where they are, but you know, yeah. um, something happened in the past and. The inference is, you know, they're going to find out what happened in yeah. the past. You know, sort of as, as soon as he mentions that, it, or Sarah mentions, 
Um, didn't it burn down? You think, oh, that's going to burn down in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's cl- classic who, uh, who's scripting. Yeah. Um, something um, um, I didn't say at the beginning, but you know the, um, uh, the superstitious... Uh, natives, for want of a better phrase, at the beginning yes. with Marcus, who, who who gets scared and freaks out. Yeah. One of them, right, is a man by the name of Vic Tablian. Oh, okay. Right? And Vic Tablian is the guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark who is going to shoot Indiana Jones in the back at oh, the beginning. Really? Yeah, Alfred Molina's mate, you know. Yeah. Who, who Indiana Jones wh- whips the... Uh, Gun yeah. out of his hand, and then he's I mean, la- he's there yeah. later on in the film with the eye patch owning the monkey. Oh, is it the same fella? I yeah. didn't know that. Because yeah. he does the classic uh, villainous mistake of he's, he creeps up behind the hero with his gun and then decides to cock it. Yes. <laughs> cock it first, mate. Cock it in your you. pocket. You yeah, know. cock it in your pocket. Muffle That's it. good advice for anyone. Yeah, have that on a t shirt. Yeah, cock it in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, elsewhere in this priory, you've got Namin, haven't you? I think he's yes. called Namin, um, doing his Phantom of the Opera bit at the organ. Yeah. I don't know why he's playing the organ. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that, because it's, it's classic horror villain sort of behaviour, isn't it, to play the organ. But, but it's not connected to it being Egyptian at all. No, the, the Hammond organ is not really known as an Egyptian. You don't see, you don't see that in many uh, um, pyramids, do you? No. And no, of, co- yeah, and yeah, of course, in the Hammer's first film, you know, uh, you had Mehmet Bay, and this is basically uh, yes, this Doctor is Who's version of Mehmet yeah. Bay, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, this is this is it. He uh, he at no point is convincing that he's playing that organ. No. Um, and rather later on. There's a scene where he's playing away, and then he gets up, and the music carries on, and it's like, ah, I caught you, yeah. He's just been pretending the whole time. Um, we've also got the butler, you know yes. that guy. He's I been like in tons butler, of stuff. Yeah. The butler, yeah, yeah. and uh, he's suspicious, isn't he? Because you know yeah. this guy's a foreigner, basically. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole justification. Doesn't Doctor Warlock say something like that? And uh, no, I mean, says uh, he goes, "Is it because I'm a foreigner?" It's absolutely that's yeah. what's going on. I mean, you know, that's when I mean the doctor and Sarah meet the butler, don't they? They yes. hear him coming and they they bluff it. They pretend to be, you know, just admiring the place. And the butler's like, "What are you doing here?" Oh, it's like up for yeah, sale, Tom, isn't it? Tom, Tom's brilliant line. It's like, well, "What a wonderful place! It would make a great headquarters for a paramilitary <laughs> organization." <laughs> Tom. Yeah, but. The butler, as good as he is, is shortly to be strangled by uh, to death by something we don't see, something that comes out of the casket. Um, yes, af- yeah, we get the, the, we get the um, we get some nice lines where he's sort of saying that you know if he was if he could he would get another job because he doesn't basically doesn't want to work for the foreigner. He's only <laughs> been there two days and he's already he hates him, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then then we get the the classic movement. Of the sarcophagus, yeah. Again, the only trouble is watching it on DVD. Is the sarcophagus is horribly expanded polystyrene, isn't it? It's, mm. You know, I I understand it. It's, yeah, but you wouldn't have seen it when you, you were seven. Seen it, no, I no. don't. You know, I and even on VHS, you don't notice it. But like, you know, sometimes DVD and Blu-ray are not forgiving. No things no. are they? Um, but the Doctor and Sarah—they've jumped out the window, haven't they? Um, yes. And 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 they've 
they've gone along in that long shot uh, to the window. Lo yeah, lovely, lovely long shot. It doesn't match up though. Outside, those windows are about, <laughs> you know, like three feet high. But, you yeah. know, uh, when they come in, uh, it's only about like a foot off the floor, yeah. the windowsill. It's, it's astonishing as well because they, they open a window and they leave it open. And part of me is like, close the window, the cat will get out. Um, and it's amazing. I know it's an old house and that. I think it was Mick, Mick Jaggers, was Mick it? Mick Jaggers, a star grove. But, but we're so used now to everything being double glazed and modern windows. Those windows, like, they, they're they so rickety. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It would, it I have them at work. Around. I have them at work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a listed building and it's from yeah. about, like, 1840, the windows are incredibly rickety. And you go in a room and you swear blind one of the windows is open. It's not. It's just really, really crappy <laughs> early windows, you know? Mm. God, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah. So they stop Namine from killing Dr. Warlock. Yes. And and then they run off, and that's when Namine uses his flashing ring. He's got a flashing ring, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, so the the doctor, the doctor subdues him by laying his scarf over him, which is, I imagine, it probably went better in rehearsal. Yeah. Um. Again, there's a few times like in Doxy where you think, is that should you have gone for another take? Because yeah, Tom's laying on him with the scarf, and then gets up, but. The actor playing, I mean, doesn't quite react quick enough. So it's like, what, what's going on? Has that scarf got chloroform in it or something? Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, he uh, he does the classic thing of, I'm going to chase after him, but no, I have a better way. <laughs> yeah. Which is far too complicated. He literally could have just leant around the corner and shot them. Yeah, no, but yeah. he's got to wake the mummy up. Yeah. And, uh, and the mummy does wake yeah. up and starts plodding around and... Uh, um, here we go. We have the mummy. Uh, I love these mummies. I, 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 they're totally unconvincing <laughs> as mummies, but the design is just so iconic. But but the thing is, they're not mummies, are they? Oh, We're no. going to find out they are robots. So yeah, um, service of droids. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they are a classic, um, even though they walk at a snail's pace. Um, but no, no, they're a classic design. We'll be talking I, about these later on. Yeah, I, I, I quite like the this because to me the mummy is the you know the Karis version Lon Chaney Jr where it was so it should never have caught anyone because it was so slow and had a gammy leg and a gammy arm but it's it's the relentless nature of it that mm. catches you in it whereas like Christopher Lee's mummy was just pegging it about yeah. super fast but I yeah I, I I love the fact that these are slow moving and, and once the terrifying thing is, and certainly as a kid, the terrifying thing is once the shield's up, you can't escape from them. No. You can delay it, but at some point you're going to be tired and they're not. That's a terrifying thought. You certainly get that feeling when they're, um, you, you know, um, hunting the poacher. He can't get away yeah. and they will not he give up. They no won't way. get tired. Yeah, he cannot escape. Um, and that, I, I remember having nightmares as a kid with this, with, with these mummies sort of chasing me. It, yeah, it's that. That's always been the thing that frightens me is the the relentless opponent. Mm, yeah, know. well, I it mean, worked. It, it worked. So, I mean, yeah. you can remember being scared all these yeah. years later, so it definitely worked. Yeah, it's, pro it's probably damaged my psyche in ways that Mary Whitehouse would have uh, approved of. <laughs> well, after that, after we have him, you know, stomping around in the uh, in the foliage, um, yeah. being observed by Sarah Jane. Um, we have section leader Clegg arrive, doesn't he? Old Lawrence Scarman. 
Yeah, the um, just going back to the, the Sarah bit, it's, it's astonishingly similarly filmed to the Lord of the Rings bit with the uh, Nazgul, isn't it? The, the ring race. Oh, when they're hiding where, as he's yeah, yeah, he going along the road. The tree trunk, and it was like, I know it's only coincidence, but it's like, hmm. Mm, yeah, no, yeah. I haven't Although thought Peter about Jackson that either. is a Doctor Who fan. Maybe he got it from this, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, old Lawrence Scarman arrives. I think the cat's fart. <laughs> she just, oh, dear cat. She just got up and she's looking... Maybe like that's her verdict on yeah. Peter Jackson films. Well, it could be. Or she, she's scared of the mummies as well. Oh, maybe, maybe. So it's, given a, it's given an accurate, musty Egyptian tomb <laughs> feel to the, the room. Or is it the musty smell of um, Michael oh. Shared? Well, yeah, it could be, yeah. Bless him. Um, it could be what the mummies smell of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, smell of vision. Uh, yeah, Michael Sheard. Ah, oh, lovely, lovely Michael Sheard. And isn't he brilliant in this? This this is um, it is possibly his best performance in Doctor Who, this one, isn't it? Mm. Sort of trying to weigh up all his other performances. Isn't it? But yeah, this is the one. He is just so, so affable. And yeah, I, I think you are a spoilers for later on. When when he does die, you're, it is a it's a punch to the gut, isn't it? Yeah, because you want him follow, to survive, yeah, don't you? Want you want him to survive. This is this is the, the the nice jokey character that doesn't die in these things. These things should it should no, it should <laughs> it shouldn't happen because you know he no. his death is because of his devotion to his brother, and this belief yeah. that he can talk his brother out of this mess he's in, you know, and that is his yeah, well, doom, isn't it? That's his downfall. Well, this, yeah, this, this is wonderfully sort of um, reactionary stuff, isn't it? Because normally in, in morality plays and things like that, it's the person that continues to see the good. They, they can be redeemed. Mm. You know, Darth, Darth Vader does have some good in him. But in this, he's, he's punished for that very thing, isn't it? There's he's no, completely misjudged it, hasn't he? Yeah, he's totally misjudged it. There's no goodness left in it. And, and Tom Baker's repost to it all. It's ah, oh, it's just it's superb. It's it's a pinnacle of the show, I think. This one. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got an info dump here because we find out that uh, Sarah's from 1980. Yes, yeah. Finally get a date. Yeah, and we find out that this is 1911. We're in yes. 1911, and That's a uh, wonderful year. Yes, and Mar uh, he's got a Marconi scope. Oh, Lawrence has got a Marconi scope. Which blows up because he just so happens to have it yeah. trained on Mars at that point. Yeah, I don't. I've never quite understood this um, this thing. So he goes. So he's invented this because the doctor says, uh, "Congratulations, Mr. Scarman, you've invented the radio telescope forty years early." Um, but he describes it as a Marconi scope, which is a thing. You know, Marconi was. Mm. You know, this was. This is. This is one year prior to the Titanic going down and. Um, Marconi stocks going through the roof and, and causing the company to go on to better things. But he's he's describing it as a Marconi scope. So did he invent it, or is this a Marconi scope? I, I think he I'm did invent sure. it, and if he had survived, yeah. he would have um, beaten everybody else to it, yeah. wouldn't he? It, he's invented the plastic valve, which is amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, there's that as well, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Like, Don't do a close-up. Oh, it's done a close-up. Because at this point, we're ramping up to, you know, the yes. end of part one, aren't we? Because, yeah. you know, his Marconi scope has blown up because of this warning yeah. about bewaring of Sutek or Set. Yeah, I, um, do li I do like this. This is very Sherlockian, where the Doctor wor works out the code, and it? So they've received a signal, uh, and he's 
he's worked out that it's pointing at Mars. I'm not entirely sure what's pointing at Mars out of this thing. How you would pinpoint pointing at Mars using this this device. Um, but then he works it out and then it cuts away and it cuts back and it's the, the message that's taken him this time to work is beware Sutek. Mm. But not much of a message, is it? And it's in English as well, which is odd, yeah, seeing as this is, uh, you know, yeah. Um, so that's happening. Um, at the same time, you've got Namine pounding away on his organ again. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's having a good old time. He's having a knees up. Yeah, and he's having um, a knees up with three mummies. He's got three mummies with him now. And yes. the Doctor, because we are getting near the end of episode one, the Doctor is saying that if he's right, the greatest evil ever is about to arrive. And, yes. and and that's when the mummy case becomes this doorway, doesn't it? Yeah, we get a lovely uh, blue screen CSO inlaid effect. And I do like the pattern. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's just so many memories brought back just seeing that pattern. Mm. But yeah, it turns out this sarcophagus is actually a, a tunnel. Uh, a, a time tunnel? A time tunnel, yeah. Mm. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if two guys in long necks like this no, instead we get this servant of yes. Sutek comes through. Now, our adversaries this week, yep. you know, it, it is, um, you know, Sutek. But we thought we would also, you know, when we come to doing our thoughts on, on, on Sutek, we would also do the mummies. But yep. I'm also thinking we should do Marcus, evil yep. Marcus. But I think we should also mention this fella who's just coming through yeah, we'll the doorway. Master, at last you are here. I, Ibrahim, Namin, and all my forebears have served you faithfully through the thousands of years that you have slept. We have guarded the secret of your tomb. Stand. Look upon my face. Great one. Lord Sutek, I dare not. Look. Is this the face of Sutek? Master, spare me. Spare me. I am a true servant of the great Sutek. I am the servant of Sutek. He needs no other. <laughs> I bring Sutek's gift of death to all humans. Before this came out on VHS, um, I had a, a fanzine that had a drawing of this guy in it, but they, they never like put a footnote to say who it was. And for, for years I wondered, who is this character? What's he from? And then finally watching it, it's like, oh, okay, I see where this is from. What's interesting, though, is his, his helmet is very similar to the mummy's uh, face, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. two flat panels. That. But what, what do you think this is meant to be? Because... The Asirans are presumably all dog-faced, long-headed yes. beings. So what, why have their, their robots and their spaces? Why have they got this shaped head? But also, who is this, right? He is the servant. He says he's the servant of Sutek, and he's the one yeah. who's about to, you know, inhabit Marcus's dead body. Well, I, I thought this was Marcus. This, this was... Marcus in some sort of suit. But why is he in that suit? 
He put that suit on in Egypt and he's come through. Has he? Yeah, that's that's how I, I picture it. I mean, perhaps, well, actually, because the, the, the doctor travels down this corridor later. Sarah doesn't, though, does she? She goes, she goes in the time. So perhaps it's um, for a human to survive the time corridor. They've got to wear some sort of protection, and this was just a protection suit for but, what's already a dead body. But, because but, I'm trying to think, yeah, yeah, he is a dead body, but this, this if that is Marcus in a suit, right? Yeah. How, what's happening with the footsteps burning holes in the carpet and his touch bring bringing death? Because Marcus, when he gets yeah. out of that suit, he hasn't got that well, it, ability anymore. No, well, it can't be Sutek because he's stuck. Yeah. I mean, it could perhaps it's meant to be a like a psionic projection or something. Of suit. Maybe it's the I've suit. I've never really thought of that. You, yeah, you, you've ruined the story now. I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> to go and watch Delta and the Bannerman again. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's, I wonder. I wonder. I've always just assumed it's Marcus in suit, but you're right. Why is the suit causing smoke effects? Which, to be fair, are great smoke effects. It, it's very well done. It's um, very, you very can't well see done. the joint because th there's a grid, isn't there? Um, yeah. Inlaid into the <laughs> carpet with smoke being puffed up from the other side, but you can't but see the joint. Yeah, you can't, and it's absolutely perfect. I know he looks down when he's doing it, but um, it's absolutely perfect timing. And it's, you know, normally in this sort of thing, you would expect a few wisps to come up too soon, or yeah, it's absolutely perfectly done. So yeah, well done on the guys. And and it is strong stuff even now. Yeah, I mean, it? I think I think it's Namine's scream. Yeah. You know that that that, that sells it because that, that that this is strong stuff for tea time on a Saturday. It is. I mean, because he yeah he comes down and it's um you know I brought Sutek's gift of death for all mankind or whatever. Um, and I, I, I it's a great scene, but I do wonder why is. Why is he? I know he's got Marcus now, so he doesn't need uh, Namin. But why wouldn't you keep him alive? He could be handy, couldn't he? Yeah, he Can says, I later? am the servant, doesn't yeah. he? You know? So, I do you think know. it's. How much independent thought do you think Scarman has? I don't know. Because I don't think. You don't get the feeling that it's Sutek basically just inhabiting that body no marcus is still in it there because there, he does yeah. come out when he's talking to lawrence at, so do you think the end. <laughs> this is terrible do you think it's uh he kills namin because he's a foreigner it's like in my house yeah a foreigner in my house sleeping Get, in my bed could, I well i don't yeah, know i don't know but anyway yeah he uh, he dies with a horrible scream credits crashing yep and you can't believe that's been 25 minutes. This story races time. through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 I, astonishing how fast this story moves. Yeah, I, I'm because evidently there was like a, they did a, a compilation, didn't they? An hour-long compilation or something of this in the 70s. And you have to wonder that must have just and it's gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, episode two is when yep. this servant, you know, he does, he transforms into Marcus. And this is a fabulous look. The the, the, the red oh, around the eyes, yeah. you know. It's so simple, but perfect. And Bernard is really yeah. excellent in Great it. Great actor. And, and they could have gone over the top, couldn't they? They could have given him a zombie look. <coughs> but all he needs, yeah, a bit of red, uh, red mascara running. And he's spot on. Yeah. I mean, he... he 
he looks like you would probably look if you would have had, if you had flown from Egypt that night. <laughs> you would be a bit red-eyed and tired. I, I was um, thinking of the decimas we've just been talking about on Blake yes, Seven. Actually, yeah. It's I think it's the same. Uh, yeah, eye makeup he's got on. But yeah, it's um, it's it's cracking. It, it it's so scary. Yeah, yeah. So he orders these four mummies. Um, yeah to take four generators the, the, yeah. the these canoptic jars um which were uh, built by ian schoons we keep mentioning him yeah. just recently that's ian schoons doing that um and meanwhile the doctor is telling sarah that sutek is still alive how he destroyed his own planet of uh, is it osiris 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 yeah. yeah horus traced him to earth and all Egyptian mythology has sprung from this tale. Yes, it's based, it's based on the, uh, <laughs> the nugget of truth that actually happened. I do like that um, that Sarah's quite up on her Egyptology and she, she sort of uh, she knows that he, Horus had 40 gods and you know they, they, they hunted down Sutek and that. Um, but yeah, it's, this, this is the sort of thing I love where you, you take you take it recognisably uh, sort of <coughs> real life myths and you you weave doctor who into it mm. it's classic because this was um uh the the writer this was a pseudonym wasn't it it was two writers it was um uh, robert holmes and oh, i can't think who, did, who the other guy was but this is sort of classic robert holmes isn't it to to take a, a recognizable story stroke myth mm. and and sort of sprinkle that who magic dust onto it i'm just surprised we i haven't, I haven't got a double act it being rock yes, homes that's true, yeah. we don't have a double act in this we've got a couple of mummies yeah we've got two pairs of mummies so well, i suppose actually, I should double it. there is a i suppose there is a double act it's just one that we're not really used to which is the doctor and sarah no they get they get all the classic whimsical lines don't they the there's a hole in your shoe blah blah blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's yeah. So is it is it that Sarah and the Doctor are so good in this because Robert Holmes used them as his normal double act? Yes, could well be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, outside we've got a poacher, right? Yes. And again, this is riffing on the first Hammer film. We had a poacher in that, but in the Hammer film, he, he was played by Michael Ripper, the poacher. Yeah. Um, and he sees one of the mummies. One of the mummies is caught in a bear trap, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I don't quite know what he's poaching on this land, but he's using bear traps. I mean, that would rip um, a rabbit to pieces, oh, wouldn't it? Would, it? Yeah, that would. It would cut a rabbit in two. And I'm, there, we haven't got much else bigger, have we? To be fair, that would require that. But again, it's an absolute classic scene. I love the way the the guys playing the mummies. I mean, normally we we run down like the extras or the stuntmen that play the monsters because they're not putting much effort in. But these guys are really, they've got character, haven't they? The yeah. way they move, the way they walk, and especially this where he's lifting his foot, ching, ching, ching. And I love it. I wonder at what point he goes, oh, I better remove it. Yeah. It's lovely. It's so well done. It is really good. And and it's yeah. shortly after that's when the poacher finds out about the force field Yes, as well. Uh, oh, uh, the, the, when I first watched this on VHS, as soon as he hits that barrier and you get that noise, mm -hmm. that twangy noise, I remember it was it was like oh, it took you like, right back, yeah, did it? It was amazing. This, just that sound, it's just brilliant. I don't yeah. know what it sounds like. They, you know, like it's the, it sounds a bit like the old uh, put a microphone down a Hoover hose that they yeah. use for Star Wars, and it? it's that sort of. Dong! 
but it is yeah. good. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. a very simple, um, you know, device. But yeah, yeah. Well, now, now of course, again, if if you're doing this now, you would have some sort of video effect and people putting their hands. On, you know, you, you can see it. It's happened in other stories. You don't need it. It's no. an invisible barrier. Don't need yeah. to see it. Yep. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Marcus has gone to see Doctor Warlock. Yes. And Doctor Warlock tells him of the Doctor, which you know gets his uh, uh, interest. Does, um, yeah. And Marcus says all humans inside the barrier <coughs> will be killed, starting with Doctor Warlock. Yeah, I mean, he, again, he doesn't last long, Doctor Warlock, but it's a great little performance. I love when he says, when um, Scarman says, "Why does he interfere?" and he he gets annoyed, doesn't he? And like, "What?" It's it's a lovely bit, a little bit of acting. Mm. Um, but again, I'm, I'm really sad when he dies. I would yeah. have liked to have spent a few more episodes with these guys. Well, this is Horror of Fang Rock again, isn't it? Everybody yes, dies yeah. apart from Everyone our dies. leads. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we also find out from the Doctor that Sutek is controlling things by mental power. Yes. And the Doctor intends to jam it. If he can jam the mental power, then, you know, they can get out of this scrape. Um and Marcus almost finds them. They're hiding in that priest hole, aren't they? Except the doctor yes. says, a priest hole in a Victorian folly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he almost finds them. And he, ha- well, he does find them. He's at the, uh, yeah, the, he's the entrance to it. Them. He's there. And but then, then he's he shot. Gets, yeah. This, this is, again, very simple effect, but done to perfection. And as a kid, I remember this. And even when, when you first, again, first watched it on VHS and that, it's so well done. You know, you, you know it's done. It's backwards and that, but it's it's flawless. Yep, yep. Well, yeah. the director of this backwards filming wasn't Paddy Russell. Oh, it, it was him again, Ian Schoons. Yeah. Uh, actually directed this scene because there were pyrotechnics and the timing had to be just right. So he stepped in and he directed it. Well, well done to Ian Schoons again. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was a clever bugger. A clever bugger. That. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Um, the Doctor realised Sutek's robots are building a rocket. Yes. So so Sutek can escape from the power of Horus. And then he must be trapped beneath a pyramid, unable to move. Um, because there's yeah, this, a force field being the, beamed from Mars. Yeah, this this is where the story starts to get a little bit... What? Yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, there's a... He's trapped under a pyramid in Egypt... But the force field that's holding him in place is controlled from a pyramid on Mars. Yes. <laughs> um, and has what? been for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I, this sort of... This has the, the smack of the putting the shield generator on Endor rather yes. than keeping it on the, you know, on the, the Death Star. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, they... they, they they were obviously cleverer than me, these uh, sirens, but I'm not sure of the logic here. This this has the smack of previous uh, plot points that were kept over. Possibly because they, you know, they couldn't think of a better way to do it. But yeah, it, I've always, I think you just at this point you go, I'm enjoying it. I'm not going to think too much about it. Well, there is an original story, which uh, I'll let you know about later on. And yeah, yeah, bits of it uh, resonate and continue in Ah, the rewrite, okay? Um, 
um, I'll explain all later. Okay, I'm more, you, you say the Asarans are a clever lot. I want to know where are they getting all their material to make this rocket? It's yeah, 1911. I, where, that's where, true, actually. Yeah. I mean, um, he, um, the doctor says this is a, such an anti-gravity da da da. Is all this stuff in the pyramid in Egypt, and it's well, been sent through? Yeah, I think it is. But then you also you have to wonder why they've they've buried Sutek in this pyramid and left him with <laughs> a load of serviceable robots and everything you would need to build a rocket to, build to travel this, to Mars. Yeah, <laughs> this this is sort of James Bond villain style thinking, isn't it? It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they. So if they'd have put if they'd have not left the robots here. This plan's scuppered, isn't it? Unless, when Horus imprisoned Sutek under that pyramid in Egypt, he overlooked the rocket that Sutek arrived in and his robot helpers. Uh, okay, could be. Hmm. Because there's yeah, nothing in 1911 England around for you no. to make a pyramid rocket to fly to Mars, is there? I wouldn't have thought. I mean, the rocket does look flimsy. Yeah, I've done I, better. I, that I don't buy that for one second. I'm always surprised. I always think that's the silo for it and the rocket's inside. Yeah, but no, no, rocket, apparently yeah. that yeah, that tissue paper pyramid yeah. is the missile. I, I think we're quite lucky that it blows up before they launch it because you can imagine the model shot of that launching. Mm. <laughs> it would have been well, fun. We've it? already had wobbly yeah. TARDISes on string. Yeah. It'll be something similar, a, wouldn't it? A, a wobbly uh, pyramidal kite taken up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you, I suppose yeah, you could have um, you could have just put a line of dialogue in where Sutek says something like that in it that, that uh, luckily my followers laid plans for my escape. Mm. That's all you need, something like that, in it, you know, yeah. and you get round it. But I, it's not a killer, is it? That's the thing. No, I don't mind it, it. I don't it, mind yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll happily um, suspend my disbelief at this yeah. point. Well, it's just won me over. Suspending disbelief and, uh, leads us nicely into uh, that charming scene with Lawrence in the TARDIS. Yes. And, and yeah, you know, he's awed by it and he's like, oh, it's just like that Mr. Wells chap, you know? Yeah. Uh, really, well, really nice. A, yeah, there's a, it seems to be an unwritten law, doesn't it, that anyone that's from vaguely Victorian or Edwardian <laughs> era must mention H.G. Wells. Never Jules Verne. No, never Jules Verne. Far yeah. Enough. <laughs> um, no, they want they want uh, HGOs. Um, I, I, I'm starting to think: is this the first time this happens in Doctor Who? It might possibly be, um, but it's lovely. It's it's really nice. We'll have to look out for it in in future stories, yeah. um, and then of course that leads into uh, another classic scene, um, which is where Sarah says, "Well, we can just go now." Yeah. Great heavens! This is unbelievable. Totally unbelievable. You're going to say it transcends all the normal laws of physics? I am, yes. I mean, it does. It, it, it's preposterous. Isn't it? I often think dimensional transcendentalism is preposterous, but it works. Would you like to look around? May I? Please. <laughs> well, now we are here, why don't you tune up 1980 and we can... Well, leave. I can't. Oh, why can't you? Because if Sutek isn't stopped, he'll destroy the world. But he didn't, did he? I mean, we know the world didn't end in 1911. Do we? Yes, of course we do. All right. 
If we leave now, let's see what the world will look like in 1980. I say, this is like something by that novelist chap, Mr. Wells. Sarah, if you want to get off. It's a trick! No. That's the world as Sutek would leave it. Desolate planet circling a dead sun. I can't be! from 1980. Every point in time has its alternative, Sarah. You've looked into alternative time. Fascinating. Do you mean the future can be chosen, Doctor? Not chosen, shaped. The actions of the present fashion the future. So a man can change the course of history? To a small extent. It takes a being of Sutek's almost limitless power to destroy the future. Well... We've got to go back. Yes. This was, I think this was Robert Holmes, wasn't it? He, he, he wrote this in specifically to get round the, the idea that I'm from the future, so you, nothing bad could possibly happen. Mm. And it's, it, does, it doesn't really bear too much thinking about, but it does tie in neatly with um, Inferno, of course. With, yes, you know, the yep. Doctor, The parallel universe theory that, you know... You, as soon as you, as soon as you go back in time, you've created another parallel universe, and mm. then you're flowing from that, not your own. It's, you know, it's the, the sort of the. I, I, can't, I don't know whether it's the Back to the Future model, but certainly that follows similar or did in the first film. It doesn't in the second and third. Um, but yeah, it's just a nice little, a nice little way of of saying to the audience, um, you know, the future isn't safe. Yeah. And it, it's brilliantly effective the way they've yeah. done it. This devastated, barren earth, and the, the sun has gone out. And yeah. um, and apparently there was meant to be an establishing shot of the TARDIS arriving there, but Paddy Russell thought it would be better for us to see what the, the alternative 1980s like at the same time that Sarah does. Yeah, which I I think I agree with. I think had had you seen the TARDIS landing, that shock value of opening the doors. And, and seeing this desolation, it would have been um, lost, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would have been lost. Yeah, um, and it, yeah, it's, it's a great little scene that just it's, it's it doesn't really do much, but it does reinforce the fact that you know you can't just escape this by by leaving because the Earth's going to get destroyed. Mm. Mm. Um, another great scene is the scene we've already been talking about: the death of the poacher. Is next, yes. right. and uh, that's quite strong stuff as well. Well, <laughs> if you if if you wrote it out, you say it would sound comical, wouldn't it? Mm. Two two busty mummies crush a um, poacher to death between their boobies, um, but it, it's horrific. Mm. It really is. Even even watching it last night, um, you know it's coming out. You sort of go quiet. It's like oh, mm. yes, it's it's. it's and again, it's the screen. The, the screen yeah. sells it as well, you know. Yeah. Mm. This this does show that 
that it does require the actor that's dying to put some effort in to make a mm. death scene yep. chilling. Um, and er almost everyone that dies in this, if we see their death screen, is death scene. It it works, doesn't it? It's, it's, but it's the only person we don't see die is Lawrence, yeah. isn't it? And I'm quite glad about that. You yeah, know? I wouldn't, wouldn't have wanted to see mm. Scarman's. Well, actually, no, he, didn't he say it's a mummy that did it? He, yeah. Oh, no, he, he think, they think it's a mummy, and it's actually Scarman himself that killed his brother. Yes, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that would have been too much, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, the episode ends with the mummies attacking the Doctor, Sarah, yes. and Lawrence. Yeah, because the, doc the doctor set up the Marconi scope to try and block the signal, hasn't he? Mm. Um, but the mummies break in and um, attack. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, ep the episode ends. But. I'm thinking, God, we're halfway through. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, episode three, um, you know, yeah. Sarah sends them away using the ring and the Doctor is furious yes. with Lawrence because Lawrence wants to help his brother. He is proving to be a liability. When they were in that priest hole, yeah. he's like, Marcus, you know, and the Doctor's not happy with him then. Yeah, and not, we, we sort of expect in, in this, with this style of character that there'll be some there'll be some scene where the hero tries to point out what's happening. But the Doctor's like get a grip man you're an idiot he's got no time for the sentimentality and i know this was that that robert holmes and tom baker both wanted to make the doctor more alien um that, that his his reactions are different to, to how you would expect and i think it's, they, they pull it off perfectly mm. yeah um, hmm. this, this is how you do it you don't you don't have the doctor mugging <laughs> For the no. camera. And you know, yeah. Lawrence knows he's in trouble, and you know, he yeah. knows the doctor's not happy with him. Lawrence comes up with the idea of using gelignite that yeah. the poacher's got in his shed. Um, and and that, that, that is a very good idea, but the doctor's still sulking. He's still not happy, and you know, yeah. Lawrence knows that you know he's not happy. It's all very well acted, isn't it? It's all very it's well superb, done. It's superbly acted and scripted. And you're, you, as a viewer, you're. You want you want the doctor to forgive Lawrence, don't you? He's like just oh, say a nice word to him. It's like it's like kicking a puppy. He's such a nice man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do love as well the understated. It's like um, the 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 poacher has some uh, dynamite. I heard him fishing the night before. Yes. <laughs> this poacher he, he puts out bear traps. He goes fishing with dynamite. He blows the fish up. Yeah. yeah. He, he's he, not a very good poacher, is he? No, he sounds a bit like a nut job to me. Yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't said, but the doctor and Sarah they disable one of the generators, don't yes. they? Um, um, you know, that is creating the force field. It, it looks like a thermos flask that they yes, take I, out. Yes, I the think that's jar. what it is. It's the old. I mean, what a sad thing that that most most sort of people below 20 living today won't know what the inside of a thermos looks like or a hot water bottle or hot water yeah because we as kids you'd always you'd always accidentally smash one wouldn't you and there's <laughs> this metal thing inside and this is i think you're absolutely right this is the interior of a, a thermos it certainly looks like one yeah. yeah yeah so they get to the poacher's hut and we find out that Sutek is all-powerful. Not even the Time Lords could stop him. So, you know, these thousands of years ago when he was running rampant, I don't know if the Time Lords did try and intercede or what. Um, I hope they would have. 
I don't, yeah, it's, it depends, I suppose it depends on what Time Lords we're talking about, isn't it? I think the War Games Time Lords would have, uh, would have, might have stood a chance. Mm, yeah. Um, but again, it's the, it's the laying on thick of the, that this is a, a dangerous foe. Um, this does, I think this happens a, a might too often in this era of Doctor Who, that every, every adversary you come up against is the most dangerous ever. Mm. Um, but I don't know what the, the alternative is, is the Doctor goes, yeah, this is, it's only about the fifth most dangerous, this one. <laughs> no it's worries. not the same, really, is it? Yeah. yeah mm. you, you've, it's sort of, you've got to take them as separate entities, haven't you, these stories? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. And it's not laid on too heavy. It's just the odd comment here and there where you think, ooh. And the fact that the Doctor's acting so strangely, he's got, in this, he's got none of the warmth that he normally has. No. So you're thinking, he's worried. Yeah, and he can't yeah. leave, yeah. can he? Because he knows, he's shown us what will happen if yeah, he does he leave. He's, he's literally, he's as trapped as everyone else, and he's got to try and sort this out. Yeah, yeah because he can't, he can't leave. No, because before the only way Sutek was stopped was by the combined might of 740 sirens yeah. led by Horus. And Sarah's line saying about the tomb of Thut something, Thut, Thut, yeah. Thut something, anyway, um, um, listing Thut 700, yeah, yeah, listing 740 gods is real. That, that yeah. was in the tomb. There were 740 gods. Um, now, there is something happening next that is a bit rubbish, but I can forgive it, and that's the unwrapped mummy. Yeah, I I agree. This is this <coughs> I can forgive it, but this would have been this would have been really easy to solve. That's what I don't understand. Cuz the mummy suit is in plates, you know, there. Yes. It's made up of sections. It would have been so e much easier just to have those sections, you know, Rather than trying to pretend that this is just, because because you, you you strain credibility by saying that the the robot is uh, this chicken wire <laughs> bloody thing wrapped in bandages, then you strain credibility again by being able to then wrap those bandages perfectly onto Tom Baker. No, I think you're meant to assume that Tom's inside the 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 chicken wire. Do you reckon? I think so. Oh God. But this could have all been solved by saying, by in using the outfit you've got, and just start unpeeling the, saying, oh, it's in sections, and the doctor yeah. knows, of course it is, it's a robot. You know, that would have solved it. I mean, it's, like you say, it's not a killer, but it is something that bugs me every time I see that scene. It is unfortunate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and after that, that's when we have the, uh, the end of Lawrence because yes. uh, he meets Marcus, tries to convince Marcus, and Marcus does briefly... He, he affects him, yeah. He bubbles to yeah. the surface, the real Marcus, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he's sort of saying, you know, we played together, we did the thing. And yeah, and Marcus becomes human again, just momentarily. Yeah. Cracking bit of acting. Yeah. And like we say, you know, I think it's good that we don't see... The end of Lawrence. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking when he, he goes, he, Marcus, you're hurting me. Please. Like, oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, next we've got Tom as a mummy. That is yes. um, Tom as a mummy. And uh, apparently um, Tom didn't want to do it. But Paddy yeah. Russell said, look, you've got a distinctive walk. People will know um, that it's not you. Yeah, I 100% I agree. 
because you can tell it's Tom Baker in it. Yeah. Uh, Especially when he's walking through that gateway. Call. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, good call. Um, but I can imagine Tom being absolutely pissed off and holding <laughs> a grudge at this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he goes up to this, you know, tissue paper pyramid missile yeah. thing and, and puts the gelignite in place. And, uh, he just leaves it laying there. Yeah. It's like in full view. The other two don't quite well. They can't talk. They can't question yeah. him, can they? You know? And Sarah's standing by with this uh, gun and she shoots yeah. it, but it doesn't explode because Sutek is holding the explosion back. And that's a terrifically done moment, the way the explosion yeah. starts and just stops. Yeah, it's like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, it's, again, dead simple, but effective. Yeah, his mind power is stopping and holding yeah. back the explosion. And he, he says to Marcus, there's an explosive device, remove it. Yeah, remove you it. know, I don't know how much longer I can keep this concentration up. Well, he's, uh, he's currently got a lot on his mind, hasn't he, on Sutek? He certainly he's has, this, yeah. yeah. And the Doctor, what needs him to break? He needs yeah. to break his concentration. That's why he goes through the time tunnel, doesn't he? Yeah, and ends up, it ends up in the tomb. Um, and I, I love this. It's so it's so silly, but it's great. Yeah, he go he goes through the entrance way, and Sutek. I love the way he notices him. He just sort of turns slightly. I was like, what? Yeah. And that's when his concentration is is yeah. broken, and up goes the pyramid missile. Yeah, con considering um, Sutek's meant to be in in immobilized in this force field, he can move a fair bit on his he, chair. Can yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Well, you can when you've got your cat on your lap. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that's the end of episode three, and so episode four starts with another bona fide classic, which is Sutek talking to the Doctor. No, you will not die yet. Identify yourself. Just destroy me, Sutek. Nothing else now is left within your power. Identify yourself. It is within my power to choose the manner of your death. I can, if I choose, keep you alive for centuries, racked by the most excruciating pain. Since your interference has condemned me forever to remain a prisoner in the Eye of Horus, it would be a fitting end. You would make an amusing diversion. Identify yourself, plaything of Sutek. I'm a traveler. From where? Gallifrey, the constellation of Casterbridge. Names mean nothing. What is the binary location from Galactic Zero Center? 10 zero, 11, zero, zero by zero 02. I know the planet. Data retrieval. So, you are a Time Lord. I renounce the society of Time Lords. Now I'm simply a traveler. In time and space. In time and space. Approach closer. What are you called, Time Lord? Doctor. I offer you an alliance, Doctor. Serve me truly. 
an empire can be yours. Serve you, Sutek. Your name is abominated in every civilized world. Were it not name be said, Satan, sad off. Serve me, Doctor. Never! <sighs> you pit your puny will against mine. <laughs> Kneel. No! Kneel before the might of Sutek. In my presence, you are an ant, a termite, a base yourself, you groveling insect. Ah. Uh. I love these sort of scenes where it's just it's two old thespians, but you've got the uh, the hero talking to the villain. Yeah. Um, and this this is superb because uh, it's Gabriel Wolf, isn't it? It's Gabriel Wolf. Yeah. Oh, his voice is just amazing. It 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 is a stone cold so classic. This scene, and I'm playing yeah. it in full on the audio because yeah. I can, uh, cannot yeah. trim it. Um, Tom's playing it totally one hundred percent serious. Yep. Yeah. Which, and he's so much, so much better for it. Yeah, this is um, this is this is lesson one hundred and one for modern Who. If your hero is visibly frightened and worried, the audience has an easier time to do it. If your hero is laughing at the villain, give up. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That's what I, I, I hated about the whole. Um the latest Star Wars ones where, you know, the bad guys oh, are, are yeah. played for laughs. It's like, no, no. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in The Force Awakens, which I think is not a bad film, but that first scene where um, Kylo Ren comes out and it's like, oh my God, he's so And then you get Poe captured and he goes, yeah. how's this go? Is it, is it you, you stance or me? Yeah, I know, I know. And you laugh because yeah. it's quite a funny line, but then you go, oh, it's just ruined it. Yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Never no, recovers from it. Nobody would do that to Darth Vader in the originals, no. would they? Can you? Yeah. Oh, can you imagine if that he strides in and one of you know one of the rebels and you know the rebel that he's choking and breaks his neck <laughs> quips at him. Oh, your helmet's got fingerprints on. No, yeah, his neck's just yeah. broken a bit earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like the fact. I, I think this is really nice that when really nice. Um, but when Sutek is torturing the Doctor. He says, what planet are you from? And the Doctor says, you know, I'm from Gallifrey in the constellation Casturbarius. And I like the way Sutek says, names don't mean anything to me. And, and this is a, yes. a bugbear of mine in science fiction. Yeah. All planets, everybody knows the name of every planet, no matter what planet you're from, you know? Yes. But, I mean, it's like John Carter, isn't it? You know, in John Carter, Mars isn't called Mars. Mars is Barsoom, no. isn't it? Why, 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 yeah. why is every planet called the same name by every planet elsewhere? Well, we you know? don't we don't even get it here. You know what I mean? It's like I, I saw I actually I saw a comment on on um, Facebook the other day where someone had posted saying um, why do the why do the Germans call Germany Deutschland? Why don't they call it Germany as that's its name? <laughs> what? And it's yeah, you're you're right. Why would they call it that? Yes, yeah. because this is a normal scene, isn't it? It's like, where are you from, Gallifrey? A Time Lord. Mm. Yeah, I love this. It's like, don't, don't, just give no, me the coordinates. You I think told. it's really good. Yeah, he yeah. does. He says, give me your planet's lo location yeah. from Galactic Zero, and the Doctor yes. does, and that's when he says, oh, so you're a Time Lord, then, you know? Yeah, isn't it? I can't remember where it's this one. I know. 
in the Tom Baker years, Tom Baker describes that these coordinates are the BBC phone line. But I think he's mixed up, isn't it? I think it's actually in a later... Oh, is it? Williams oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, right. I, I think so. But but Tom Baker does tell the story that these coordinates are the BBC <laughs> phone line. <laughs> which is great on its own. I love that. It would have been funnier if it was Mary Whitehouse's. Yeah. Because you know, you know, you know for a world of fans... As soon as they realise someone's phone number, we'll ring it. Of course they will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, he knows the planet. He knows yeah. that the Doctor's a Time Lord, and he offers the Doctor a deal, doesn't he? Yeah. And the Doctor's like, no, you know, I curse you, you know, and everything. And that's when we get the classic, you know, kneel before the might of Sutek, you know, yeah. you're an ant, you groveling insect, you know, delivered that's brilliantly. Great. Yeah. But delivered in a silky smooth persuasive voice. It's great. Do you think that Sutek gave this offer to Scarman? Yeah, because we never we never find out. I mean, that, that, no. that's a very good point. Scarman at the beginning when he falls down, is that him dead? And then well, his body is the, reanimated, or well, was I know there the a doctor deal? The doctor says that. Yeah, the doctor says uh, it's not your brother. It's just a, a, a animated cadaver. But we know that it is his brother because his brother's mind breaks back through. So I don't think he, I don't think he is a, an animated cadaver at this point. I think it is Lawrence, uh, it is um, Marcus Scarman. Mm. And I, I've often wondered, did, did he make this same thing? You know, did he say, if you, if you help me, I'll put you in charge of everything. And being, being the uh, Victorian gentleman that he is, he goes, sounds fair to me. <laughs> <laughs> I like being in charge. Um, yeah, I, I hope so. Hmm. I, don't I think like Marcus got something out. <laughs> uh, he got some red eyeliner. He did, yeah. He a did. hole in his suit. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I I like the um uh the exchange between the Doctor and Sutek where Sutek says, uh, "Well, you know, your evil is my good." You know, yeah. as far as Sutek's concerned, you know what he's doing is good, and anyone opposing him is his version of evil. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, in real life, of course, evil people don't think that they're doing evil. They, hmm. they think they're doing what is right for them or what they think is right. Um, so it's quite rare to get, you know, a villain that considers that you think I am doing evil. And yeah, it's a lo it's a lovely little, uh, little sort of justification, isn't it? It's like, yes. Cause, yeah, because Sutek is. He is, he's Judge Death a few years earlier. Yeah, a good comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And. Um, uh, uh, the Doctor, Sarah, Marcus and one mummy travel in the TARDIS yes. to Mars. We never have an establishing shot of Mars. We never see anything of Mars apart from no, these, uh, this well, one corridor, basically. Yeah, this is, the, this is if, if I've got any complaints, uh, you know, other than a few niggles with this story, my complaint is this is obviously where the, the story and the budget runs out because we get like 10, 15 minutes of interminable... Um, planet, uh, you know, um, sort of planet the Daleks, Exxon City. Well, I'm thinking Blake uh, Seven, you know, just the corridor, yeah. oh, the same corridor over it, and over again. It, look, it looks horribly cheap. Yeah. The, the, the CSL doesn't help, oh, does it? No, it doesn't help at all. And it, after the sumptuousness that we've had up till now, this last bit, you know, they say sort of keep the best till last. This serial doesn't do that. No. Um, 
I, I don't know how you could cut it out without losing the ending, but... It does peter out a bit, doesn't it? it? Does, yeah, that, that, yeah. The standard drips down as soon as they... Uh, or drops down yeah. as soon as oh. they reach Mars. And yeah, yeah, the corridors don't look good. The, the, the puzzles are... The puzzles are terrible. They're like... I mean, they, would, they wouldn't have got past muster on the adventure game, would they? They're no. so simple. But these, these were all set by Horus to stop yeah. anybody getting to the Eye of Horus. Well, why not just... I suppose the Eye of Horus is the thing that's powering the force field, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. Perhaps instead of putting all these safeguards in place, you perhaps shouldn't have left him with some bloody rocket parts. No, there yeah. is that, yeah. Um, the only good bit in this is that brilliant in and out bit with um, Tom yes. and Liz Sladen. Was, um, it, w it was a, 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 a I won't say an ad lib because that implies dialogue doesn't it but it was made up wasn't it by it was made up and they didn't tell Paddy Russell that they were going to do it you know that didn't go down well. yeah but it works very well isn't it it's great it's so good the yeah. timing of both of them is yeah. brilliant you know and it's completely deadpan as well it's not played for laughs yeah. but it is funny yeah, it's it is funny. It's a it's a nice little, genuinely funny relief moment after the the, the tension that's been building all the way through this. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I like it. it always I, makes me laugh. Yeah, I agree with you though. The corridor bit. This is the the. It's not good. It, it's not good. Um, and for some reason, Sarah gets trapped in that tube. Yeah. And then we got the voice of Horus giving a riddle, and it's that classic puzzle of, you know, one person can tell the truth and the other person yeah. can only yeah. tell a lie. That old one. So that was invented by Horus a few thousand years ago. Yeah, and that's, some, that's one of those puzzles that, I don't know whether they still do it, but like in, in primary school, that, you learn that puzzle. That's yeah. like a classic a classic first first lesson in logic, isn't it? Yeah, um, it was in Labyrinth, wasn't it? It was the do yeah, two door yeah, knockers in Labyrinth. It's been used so much. What they should have done is, like he said, uh, we've got you've got two people. They're both going to lie. Good luck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Marcus finds the Eye of Horus. Yes. Um, and and we meanwhile we've got a rubbish mummy fight because we've got other mummies there, haven't we? In gold. Yeah, we've got disco mummies. Disco yeah. mummies. Yeah. I don't like these. They. It. It just doesn't work. The the gold mummies do not work for me. Um, but yeah, we we get this incredibly slow motion slap fest. Yes, going on. it's it's not good. Yeah. Marcus, we, we've not mentioned yet that the the mummies have got mittens on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Marcus is free. He says, yes. "I'm free," and <laughs> he does his John Inman impersonation and yes. uh, and crumbles to dust again. That's quite yeah. gruesome. And again, I reckon that's it's Ian Schoons. Yeah, it's um. I love it when he goes, I'm free. It's like, well, you're not. Are you? You're just dying, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. That's a very uh, Michael Benteen potty time shot. All the uh, all the corridor doors opening one by one yeah, to reveal the TARDIS. Yeah, the scale, the scale is all wrong on that. And it's thing. shot in real time. They should have yeah. slowed it down or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Doctor shouts, the time factor, come on. Yeah. And off they race to the TARDIS. Which again is is a bit weird because he goes, we've got we've got three minutes or whatever for the time that radio waves take to reach to travel from Mars to Earth. So so the power the signal is is, is a radio, radio wave. Yeah, 
the force and field. Also, you're in a time machine, mate. Yeah. You don't really have to worry about that. This is that, that that's a very good point. But yeah, I mean this force field that's, you know, immobilizing Sutek isn't being generated from Mars, it's being operated by radio waves from Mars. Yeah. It's very it, it it's a it's a fairly sloppy bit of plotting. But mm. yeah, you, like I say you don't you don't care at this point. You've enjoyed it so much. But yeah, it does it does smack of it needed another rewrite or it needed yeah. a bit of a bit of polishing. Yeah. Well, Sutek is free. He can he can now yes. move. He he stands up. I don't know where the cat's yeah. gone. Um but he stands up and well, yes. Yeah. His friends there though, isn't His it? friends <laughs> there, yes. There. Yes, we have the infamous hand holding the chair in place because apparently it was a wobbly chair and every time yeah. the actor stood up the chair it wobbled it. Yeah, well, and didn't it wasn't it that the cushion was stuck to his ass so yes yeah, something like yeah. that so yeah it was yeah. holding it in place oh dear once you've seen that you can't not see it every time no. he stands yeah. up yeah it's, it's like it's like the hand holding kundalini's hand and yeah and yeah you, you, you're, you're waiting it, for it you're waiting for yeah. it yeah and uh sutek's true face is shown then Yes. Isn't it? Um, Hairy hair guy, yeah. Yeah, what do you think of the long face then? Um, I quite like it. It's it, The trouble is it's so immobile. It, it looks like a paper mache mask, but it's quite a, a, a scary old uh, face on it. I'm not entirely sure, though, if they'd have made an animatronic version, that that, I th that might have been even worse. Yeah. I prefer See, him with his mask on. Well, but the thing is, right, he's got a very long face, like you say, and I can't see, unless his head was very, very small, that shaped face sitting in that shape no. helmet, you know? Um, well, his ears have got nowhere to go to start with, have they? So they would have been, like, folded yeah. down in a comical manner yeah. uh, for a few thousand years. Um, I mean, I don't mind it when you see, you know, the astral projection you know yeah. that Sarah sees and I don't mind it when Marcus is talking to just the face but I think it's when you see the puppet head on the puppet body yeah it doesn't work it doesn't that it, it's too small for the body yeah. you know I mean, it's it's nice that they've tried to do something more alien than the normal you know man with a wrinkly forehead or whatever yeah but they're also referencing you know Egyptian Yes, hieroglyphics yeah. and everything they have given him like a, a, a almost a jackal's face haven't they yeah yeah um so and and that's the end of him because the doctor manages to get there and and he traps him in all eternity apparently yeah traps him in some sort of time loopy type thing yes um which i suppose it's he's such a good villain sutek that it probably makes sense not to kill him outright do you think he should come a, back? I think so. Well, yeah, I think so. I think there's potential in him. That would mm. make a, a nice little sequel story, wouldn't it? You could do that for the 60th anniversary story. Yeah. The return of Sutek, couldn't you? Combine well, you, you all the doctors. Where, like, yeah. The doctor comes across a, a, a time corridor and something's trapped in it. He spent 10 minutes you know, techno-babbling and fixing it. Okay, well, I freed him. It turns out it's Sutek. And the Doctor goes, oh, mm. or, yeah, you could It could be nicely done. Or, right, 60th anniversary story, the return of Sutek, and the only might that can stop him is all 740 
incarnations of the Doctor. Yeah, which become the myth of the 740 Asirans. Yes. It was actually all the Doctor. That, all along, yes. Yeah. And the Doctor was Horus as well. Yeah. And what you could do there is you could invite 730-odd selected Doctor Who fans to play the Doctors, free of charge, of course. I can't afford that. Um, you know, like the wreck deck scene on Star Trek The Motion Picture, yeah. you could get the fans involved. Yeah. Um, poss- possibly that's the end of Doctor Who at that point. <laughs> it's probably jumped the shark. <laughs> but, yeah, you could, you could do stuff like that. You could, you could. Yeah. So that's when the Priory actually catches fire, doesn't it? Yes, and yeah. uh, when they filmed that, when it doesn't look that, that big to me, but apparently at that time that was the largest set fire in TV yeah. history. Yeah, they got every fire officer to do with the BBC all involved for that one. Yeah, it only looks like there's three things on fire, but apparently... Yeah, it, looks, it at, looks like the normal fire bar in front of the camera type of thing. Uh, apparently it was bigger than that. Yeah. Um, and then the exterior shot is, um, it's Ian Schoons for you, and he had learnt yeah. this on Hammer, what you've got there for the exterior of the Priory. It's a large photo... Uh, um, uh, photo stuck on hardboard. You cut the windows out, and you backlight it with uh, with smoke and flames. It's as yeah. simple as that. There was um, on the when we did uh, the awakening in the church. Goes didn't the special effects guy in that make some sarky comment that they didn't want to do a cheesy photograph effect or something? Do you think that was a dig at Ian Skins? It could well be, but this yeah. isn't a cheesy effect. It works really well, yeah, I it think. Looks good. It really, yeah, it works really well. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's why the priory goes. It's all because of Sutek. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's our pyramids of Mars. Pyramids of Mars. Now, discussion. So yeah. So the th- the thing is, unless it was held over from the earlier story, um, you could write Mars out of this with nothing lost. Mars brings nothing to this program, does it? No. But in the original version, it did. Right. Right. I'll tell you about that in a minute. All right. But before we get to there, we can uh, we can date this, can't we? Um, we've got 1911. Yes, we know it's 1911, and we also visit 1980. So. Although alternate. Oh yes, no, yes. Yeah. Do we yeah. put that on the list then? The the, the ruin 19. Yeah, I think bracket alternate bracket. <laughs> All right, I'm writing that down. 1980 alternate. So the 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 proper 1911. Um, the nearest thing we've got happening to that is 1902. So nine years before this, the eleventh Doctor was in was in Africa for dinosaurs on a spaceship. You know, meeting up with oh, that right. big okay. game yeah. hunter type. Um, and the alternate 1980, the nearest thing to that is 1981, where you've got the fourth Doctor in Southeast England for robot. Oh, right. So yeah. Do you remember 1980 being a desolate waste town? Uh, it it was. I was at college and it was horrible time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like 1980. All right, so here we go. We have got actually, so we've got four adversaries tonight. All right, right. before we're we just had, piling them on, aren't we? <laughs> we are, we are. One day we'll come back to just doing one. Maybe that'll be next week, but that's down to you, Ian. You've got to announce that at the end. Yeah, no, all right. I think we're doing multiples next week as well. Uh, oh, will we? Right, okay, so we'll we'll go up from um um i think we'll we'll, we'll work from the bottom upwards so if we do the servant version of marcus first you know he of the hot feet right 
Oh, and, right. oh, and the killer touch, yeah. you know, and the killer voice. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's a brilliant voice as well, isn't it? So, yes. what do you reckon of that servant of Sutek uh, for his um, design with his bulbous helmet? I like it. It's it's very simple. Um, the the robes we see are very reminiscent of when we see Sutek later on. Um, it's a simple effect, but it, it works so well. Um, I I would. I'd love to be, I'd love to have been in sort of fly on the wall for the design meetings for this as to what, yeah, because I'm now intrigued because I, I've now got a conundrum, like you said, as to what is this meant to be? Because I just accept it as, oh, he's in a spacesuit, but it doesn't make much sense. No. But yeah, I, I, I like it. It's not, there's, there's better things to come, but I do like it. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a six and a half. Is that all? Yeah, I mean, there's better things to come. I don't want to ramp it. Okay, all right. Well, I gave it eight and a half. Wow. Because I think, yeah, I, I, like this, I, I think I think it's a um, you know a brilliant look. It's yeah. been achieved superbly, and then layered on top of that, you've got um, that brilliant voice. You know. Yes. So so he gets a seven and a half for uh, design, no. right? But how effective was he? Well, I, I, I mean, you gave him six where, and a half. Yeah. Well, this is where the voice and the, the superb filming of it all come into it. So, yeah, th this is going higher for me. This this is going to go to uh, an eight for me. Okay. Well, I yeah, stayed at eight and a half. Yeah. All right. So that's 8.25. All right. So he got seven and a half for one, and he got 8.25 for another. Oh, God, that's a difficult one. That's an adversary rating of 7.9. All right. There can't be anything else 7.9. Let me have a look. I've got so many. We've been doing this for over a year now. I've got so many pieces of paper. You could publish this as a book, can you? Yeah, one day we'll do a, 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 a crowd funder, whatever they're called. 7.9. No, he's a, he, that little servant, he's all by himself in a caravan. I think, may, I think it's best that he's on his own. Yeah, he's got neighbours the same distance away from uh, from him. Um, up the road in number eight, you've got Lytton from the Dalek version of Lytton. Um, he had a bulbous helmet as well. He did, yeah. Yeah, and got a thing for bulbous helmets. <laughs> and then seven point eight um, on the other side of the road, um, you've got Mark of the Rani Rani. All right. Oh, that's a, a, a weird. A weird bracketing, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. I hope they never pop round to see him, though. He's he's going to end up killing him. Isn't he? I gave yes. him the gift of death and a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's do next then, uh, Marcus. All right. Okay, Mar Marcus. Possessed this, Marcus. I was going to say, is this a live Marcus? Possessed Marcus. Possessed Marcus. Okay. Um, I. I I mean, it's difficult one this for design because I don't think there's much. They've gone with the bare minimum that they obviously thought they could get away with, which is just a bit of rouge around the eyes, uh, and and a fantastic whether, face. Yeah, well, they, I mean, to be fair, the face wasn't designed, was it? That's his face. Yeah. Um, so I think this is going to be. This might be the widest because I think design-wise. The design of Marcus, if you saw it on paper and they go, oh, how, how are we going to show this? Oh, we'll just rub some red in his eyes. Mm -hmm. you go, what? Um, so I think this is a, a very 
the design is a very run-of-the-mill I'm gonna give it five and a half because it's above average but it's not I don't I can't they, I find these ones difficult to do the design on because there's almost no design right well we diverge uh, diverge again yeah. because I gave him a seven yeah okay Fair enough. so that gives him a design of 6.25 all right yeah. so we move on from that then to his effectiveness. How effective is Marcus? Well, this this because of because of memories, everything else, the effectiveness, the performance, the pathos of the character, what he gets up to. Blah, blah, blah. This is going to be probably one of my few. I'm giving him a ten. A ten. I can't. I I think it's perfection. I can't think of anything wrong at all with his entire. Every minute we see him on screen is perfection, I think. Well, I was going to give him a 9, but you've convinced me. All right, I'm joining you with the 10. All right. I think he deserves it. I think he yeah. deserves it. All right, so that's divided by 2. 8.1. All right, as an adversary. Marcus is an 8.1. Where does that put him... I wonder if anyone one. will ever get 10 on all, all fronts. Well, no, we have had. We've uh, Sontaran Lynx. Yeah. Did he get 10 on everything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, he shares a caravan. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. So you you got the server, Servan at 7.9. A little bit further up the road at number 8, you've got Lytton. And then at 8.1, you've got Marcus there with, uh, I've forgotten how to say it already, Coquillion. Oh, right. Oh, they're, they're going to get on all right, I think. Uh, the trouble is, though, I think Coquillian as Bennett is going to be laid on his bed going, I can't make the tea tonight because my leg. <laughs> and poor old Marcus, he's a good little servant. He's going to do it, isn't he? He's going to be doing all the work in this caravan. No wonder he's got red eyes. He's up all night washing the curtains. <laughs> all right. Well, that's where, that, that's where Marcus ends up. Where is the mummy gunner? end up so design of the mummies and this is bog standard this isn't gold mummy is it this bog standard this mummy. is your bog standard one bog yeah standard mummy. um design wise i i think it's a cracking design it's um they could have easily gone with the um mummy on a train style mummy that that possibly would have worked but i i i think i don't know who designed was this an ian skins design no i've forgotten the name no it's a lady who worked in it was costume department working with you know uh, effects right. it's one of those uh, okay. combined things one of those yeah weird demarcation yeah uh union things um i think i think it's a cracking design i'm gonna give it uh, an eight. Oh, i gave it a nine okay so that's eight and a half you're, much, you're always more generous than me Mm, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it is a classic design. You say Pyramids of Mars, you think of these mummies, you yeah. think of uh, Marcus well, when, and you think when, of Sutek. When I was a, a wee nipper and I, I had the dense Fisher range of toys, um, one of the first things I made was a mummy to go with them. Really? Yeah. I, uh, Out I got of what? An, I had an old Tom Baker figure. Because mm. at the time, this is, I mean, it shows, it shows how times have changed. There used to be a, 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 a discount toy shop called Tom's with a H uh, in Oxford. And they had baskets full of the Tom Baker dolls at 99p each boxed. Oh, you should have bought them and all up. I did. I, I bought about five or six of them. But I used them as basis to make other 
you cut, cut up like a, yeah, all those I Tom Bakers. All those things. Um, I wish I'd kept them now. What an idiot. Um, but yeah, one of them I cut up and I used. I wrapped it with. Uh, I wrapped it with cotton wool, and then I tried to shape it with glue, and I, and I wrapped it individually with bandages, and I tried to. I'd love to see it actually, because I remember it as being okay, but I bet it was shit. <laughs> I bet it was rubbish. <laughs> All I right. Know, I made a, a play with TARDIS that opened up, and it's, oh, it's great. All right. With yeah, all those happy Baker. memories. No, yeah, no one else. Okay. Well, what are we talking about? Uh, the mummy design. The, mummy, the oh, design yeah. of the mummy. Yeah. Did I? I said eight. Didn't I? Oh, that was sorry. That was eight and a half. We've got to do effectiveness now. Effectiveness. The mummy, sorry. Um. So I, I, I do like them. There's a couple of scenes like the fight at the end just doesn't seem to work mm. for me. It's too slow. I love the way they move, and I love the way they they're eerie and they're slow. Um, I, I'm going to go up to a nine for effectiveness. That's exactly where I am. Yeah. I, I don't mind the gold trim disco ones um, at the end with that silly fight. You know they are yeah. so effective. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. If you so. are, if you saw one of these hoving down on you in a dark corridor, I mean, a you would be trying to sell them on eBay, wouldn't you? But b you'd be scared. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be running. All right, so that gives them then an adversary rating of 8.8. .8. Well, All right. High scoring, high scoring guys this time out. 8.8. .8. I tell you what, the top five of um, uh, the, the adversary uh, thing is having seismic proportion changes just lately. You know, um, yeah. we're, we're having lots of newcomers coming in. But we're doing we're doing some good old stuff at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, the mummy. Uh, that they're all by themselves in a caravan, all right. Good, because they are quite bulky. Yeah, that's 8.8. .8. Nearest to them is 8.75, um, which is the war chief. Oh, right. Oh, he's going to use them, isn't he? <laughs> yes. He's going to see opportunities. They he? will be his servants, yes. Yes. All right, and then finally we get into uh, the big chap himself, Sutek. Sutek. Um, what version of Sutek are we doing? Well, it's got to be a combined. It's the helmeted version and the puppet head version, design-wise. Design-wise, I think it's a great design. I I think the, the the helmet version works as a design. The the jackal head works as a design. Um, I don't. You can't really design the voice. That's that's. I think that's luck more than anything. Um, although they did hire him, so they must have seen something in him. Um, I I think this is this is another eight for me. Okay, design. I'm being more generous again. I've got nine and a half because wow. I love both of them. It's just you know when you see the you, you, you know the jackal-faced one yeah. on a body, it's not too convincing. No. Um, all right. Divide by two equals eight point seven five. Right. Right for his design, but how effective was this a siren? So I, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I think the jackal head sort of works. I, I agree with you that when we see him, when we see him in a TARDIS, it's fine. When we see him not, you know, with the body, it's like, Ooh. but I think that's more than outweighed on a positive by the performance, the voice, the camera work. Um, this is another 10 for me. 10 for me too. Yeah, yeah for exactly what you said. Yeah, it, it is the voice. Any downfall of, oh, that's a bit, oh, I don't know about that, is, yeah. is waylaid by the voice, the acting, 
you know, we haven't really mentioned yeah. the, the the glowing green eyes or anything like that. But uh, no, but he gets voice, a ten yeah, from me as well. The voice acting alone, this is this is top quality. This should be award winning, be it Doctor Who or whatever. This this is an award winning performance from Gabriel Wolf. Did he get? Well, they didn't have awards back then for no, things like this, did they? Sci- sci-fi would never win awards back then. It wouldn't have been. No one would have considered it. That it would be seen as a a kids program performance but by god the guy deserved an oscar for this yep yep totally agree and uh, so that gives him an adversary rating of 9.38 which officially puts sutek in third place of our adversaries you know so high scoring stuff indeed. Well, as I say, seismic changes to the top five because as it stands right now, in fifth place, it's the mummies that we've just uh, been talking about. Yeah. In fourth place, it's the Sea Devils from the Sea Devils. Third place is Sutek. Second place are the Draconians. And first place is Sontaran Lynx. Wow. Hmm. So yeah, our total top five is taken up by Tom Baker and John Pertwee adversaries at the moment. Which, which coincidentally is when we were at the best age yes. to view them. <laughs> yes. I, I can see what's going on here. Yes, yeah. Um, and with that, we move on to our next new little bit is, uh, I, mean, I don't know why I even have to bother asking this question, but is this in your top ten? Uh, yes. Right. Yes, Next definitely. question then uh, is where in the top ten? Um, so what? What's my what's my top three at the moment? Top three. I, I should get you to send me the list, and then I can work it out. I no, 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 no. I, no, I like the idea of the listener as um, listening to you struggling to remember. Yes, to um, remember. So was it? Was right. it? Was it, um, it wasn't dealt with the Bannerman, was it? At the top. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, no. In third place uh, is Inferno from last right. week. Okay. So is it above or below Inferno? I think it's above Inferno. Right, next one uh, uh, in number two at the moment is the Keys of Marinus. It's, it's above Keys of Marinus. Wow. Right. Sorry, Keys of Marinus, I feel dirty now. <laughs> but no. And I, in first place I, I, for you at the moment yeah. is Horror of Fang Rock. Oh, God, this is a difficult one. Um, purely on the grounds that episode four half of it descends a bit into silliness um i am gonna have to keep it second to horror fang rock oh, so i think horror fang rock is about as perfect of four episodes as we're likely to get right. certainly at the moment anyway but yeah second okay pyramid second i take it for you i i reckon it would go in at top wouldn't it well, I would struggle, just like you, Horror Fang Rock or Pyramids of Mars. And if we had only had, like, you know, just Sutek and not Marcus, or yeah. Marcus without oh, Sutek, yeah. then, then, then maybe um, it would be less of a struggle. But no, I've, yeah, no, no, yeah, Horror has been knocked down to second place for me. Uh, Pyramids of Mars, number one for me. I, you know, I, it, there's, a, there's a Nats wing in it mm. for me. But it is that as soon as they get to Mars, there's a, like a 10 minute period where if I was going to make a cup of tea, that's when I would go and do yeah. it. I also um, suspect both those stories, depending on the mood you're in, you would choose one over the other yeah. to watch as well, you yeah. know. I, I would be happy to watch either of them. 
if if you popped round of an evening, we said, should we watch Doctor? And you went, uh, should we watch uh, Pyramids or Horror? I think we'd go, let's watch them both. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Pyramids, um, you know, landing number two on your list means your number 10, your existing number 10, um, is knocked off the list. Last week it was Caves of Androzani you had a wave goodbye to. Uh, today it's bye-bye the two doctors. Oh, blimey. I, I, I can't. There's no... Yeah, there's... As much as I love Colin and the two doctors and the yeah, is that it, we're almost in a different universe. Yes, yeah, we? yeah. Um, weird that Caves of Androzani tops so many fans' lists above... All of these. Mm, mm. I, I've always find that a bit mm. puzzling. Yeah, it's good, but it's not. I think it's 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 only good. I think we said said this on time. It's only I think it's only seen as so excellent because of the dross that surrounds it. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it was in this season, I don't think it would be. You know, I think we we've we've hit the golden period of Doc Two, so we are we, we have this time. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if next time when we come back round to the fourth Doctor, that will be up to you, won't it? You know. Yeah. Mm. We can finally do Underworld. No. Well, eventually, one day that has we've got, got to, to be yeah. um yeah. has got to be uh you know considered, but whether it's you or me, well we'll, we'll find yeah. that out in about <laughs> ten years time or something. You know. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll still be going. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get yeah. To it. All right, so um, on behind the scenes, we've been discussing a lot of the um, behind the scenes, um, yeah. so I haven't got as much as we did have. But, yeah, the original script was written by Lewis Greifer, I think his name is, yeah. um, and he submitted the script. But uh, I'll read the basic synopsis of it, and you can uh, see what bits you recognise, all right? Yeah. So it says that the Doctor and his companion, who was referred to as Jane... Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they attend a conference on food reserves at the British Museum along with the Brigadier. The doctor's friend Professor Falsey and his partner Dr. Robinson are there to unveil their work on a new type of grain which can flourish on the surface of the moon, thereby solving the world's hunger problems. However, uh, the, um, the logic of, you're going to solve the world's hunger problems by growing crops on the moon yes how are you going to harvest them yes and yes <laughs> yeah. um but the yeah. conference is soon attacked by crocodile like the crocodile like egyptian god <laughs> sebek no did did the same thing just leap to your mind what the, crocodile the crags, you know judge dread oh you crag? mean the clegs 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 yeah 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 yes we're back the clegg yeah yeah, yeah the clegg all right the clegg like yeah. egyptian yeah. god sebek and his army of mummies right okay. sebek and his master seth are aliens who came to earth millennia ago intent on conquest but were placed in suspended animation via a powerful artifact called the eye wielded by horus Having reawakened, they now intend to replace Falsey and Robertson's grain with one which will result in the moon's disintegration, which in turn will have catastrophic effects on Earth. The Doctor manages to locate Seth's resting place beneath an Egyptian pyramid and is assisted by Horus and another deity, Isis, in defeating Seth and destroying the probe in mid-flight. So what you've a got complicated little story. Yeah, so you've got an ancient Egyptian-like, god-like creature 
underneath a pyramid. Yeah. But pretty much the rest of it is uh, completely different. Yeah, so, I mean, A, calling him Seth. I mean, I just immediately think of Emmerdale Farm. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you think he'd fun, got a little actually, green yeah. beanie hat on and a handlebar yeah. moustache. That, uh, that would have been good. Um, how does that, how does, I mean, the, the Egyptology part in Pyramids of Mars doesn't really connect with Mars any great deal. But you can sort of see how that got to be then if it was moon. But how does that connect with grain? And they're going, what a convoluted, weird plan. Why? It's not just how do you bet, harvest yeah. it. How do you grow it? Yeah, it seems. So, I I can imagine Terry Nation seeing this script and just laughing at they're never going to buy that money. <laughs> well, they didn't. It's too they expensive. didn't. No, yeah. and and Lewis wasn't available to do rewrites. I think he was abroad or something. So the scripts were completely rewritten by Robert Holmes. And um, and that's why the pseudonym, like yeah, the the pseudonym is Stephen Harris, but it's yeah. actually Robert Holmes with the basic germ of an idea from yeah. from Lewis Greifer. Um, I get the feeling they probably he got credit that wasn't deserved just so that it doesn't leave it open to be sued or you know plagiarism things, isn't it? You give because Robert Holmes wouldn't have cared about writing credit. All he cared about was uh, doing the best. Yeah, and getting that show that out. Could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That's amazing. I, that's that's so weird. Where did you find that? Because I, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever read that synopsis. Oh, that's I found it somewhere or other. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like fanfic, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, do you know, talking about Morris, um, do you know who Morris Kaufman is? Doesn't ring a bell. Well, I'm looking at images in, okay, now because um, I don't recognise um, recognise him, but he, he seems to have been the beau of Honor Blackman back in the 60s. Um, but Morris Kaufman, Kaufman spelt K-A-U-F, or Kaufman, M-A-N-N, um, he was a, a contender to play Maurice. A Maurice was going to play a Maurice. You see him? Oh, right. I don't recognise yeah. him at all. No, I don't. I don't recognise. I don't recognise the face at all. I wonder. Have you tried Internet Movie Database? That's what I'm. I'm looking at now. Yeah. Um, actor, 120 credits. Um, he doesn't look like old Bernard. We would have had a bit of a different looking. He's too much That's of a heartthrob type. Yeah. Oh, he was in Gorgo. Oh, right, okay. I wonder what part played in Gorgo. Um, I'm looking down now. He was in Crossroads a lot. Yeah. Uh, he's got that He's got that sort of Crossroads face, hasn't he? Yeah, he was in Bless This yeah. House. Oh, he was Dr. Whitcomb in the, the abominable Dr. Fibes. Oh, right, okay. Hmm. Well, anyway, he was yeah. one of the contenders right. um, to play Morris. So was Leonard Sachs. Yeah, I could sort of see Leonard Sachs. And, I don't yeah. think it would have been as good. And Christopher know, Benjamin. Christopher Benjamin. No, oh, I don't oh, is know. That, that's, um, that's, um, why does that ring a bell? This is going to be embarrassing. He's going to turn out to be... Yeah, I'm doing it as well. We Christopher so, Benjamin. Oh, yeah, we know him. It's, we, um, it's from Talons, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Inferno last week. Yes. <laughs> we, he's, he's, he's the nice minister. Yes. Was, was it, so Sir was Keith. he down to play Lawrence? 
or was he down? No, to Marcus. 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 I can see him as Lawrence. Yeah. He's too. He's too sort of avuncular. And he's too nice. I can't see yeah. him being possessed. No. No, I. I don't think I can, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen him play a villain. I just don't think he's got a villainous face. He's, no, you look at those Google images. Nice. Definitely yeah. not. Oh, yeah. Bless him. All right, so I am. Um, yeah, I think that's me done. That's us done. Um, yeah, how, how are we doing running choice. time? Let me have a look. Uh, Ninety-nine minutes. Oh, oh blimey, we're coming up on an hour and forty, and there's going to be a lot of audio in this. Yeah, in this it's one, be quite lengthy audio, but it's worth it. It's, 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 I think it, it deserves to have a bit of time devoted to. And, um, and yeah, I'm not blowing my own yeah. trumpet, but that has been a pleasure to uh, to go back and watch those four yes. episodes. Yeah, it it was like I mean it. I, I think we both said that even if we hadn't rewatched it, we still could have talked our way through it. Yeah. Because yeah, it's certainly one that I watch on a fairly regular basis. And it's um, rightly famous, isn't it? You know, it's rightly famous. It's right. It's rightly lauded. It's rightly thought of as as the golden age of yeah. Well, we're talking golden age of Who and quality and stuff. I mean, we've just had a run of what we've got. So we've had The Rescue. We've had yep. War Games, Inferno, Pyramid of Mars. What happens next week, Ian? Are we continuing <laughs> the, uh, the, I, the steady run? I, I should have thought about this more and thought, yeah, this, this could be our run of great stories. Um, and it might be. It might be, depending on your view on it. I don't know whether you're right. So... We've got multiple, multiple enemies, <laughs> and one of them is a good boy. He's a good boy. He's that, a good boy. That, that sounded He's like a big old good boy. You're sounding like you're talking to a dog. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. So, can you think of a a, a dog. Uh, Peter Davison story? A Peter Davison story with a, a dog. Large dog. With a large dog. Yeah. Uh, a large dog, some 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 nasty infected people, um, no. and plenty of leg on show. No. What? No. Uh, no. No. Uh, no. Uh, I've I've you. Yeah. So it's uh, it's terminus. Which I've never seen. You've never seen. Oh, you won't get any of those. That's why I didn't then. didn't know what on earth you're oh, talking right. about. It's um, I, all I know is there's Concord in it because there's a photo of. Um, no, that's Peter. time flight. See, <laughs> no, so, even yeah. less. <laughs> You're thinking of a bus terminal. Um, yeah, Terminus is um, is is the uh, plague ship in space, uh, and the the the, the our adversaries. I mean, there, there's a couple that I think we need to discuss. So one of them is called the Garm. So, so it might be worth you just quickly Google searching just to get your how, initial reaction. How do you um, spell that? G-A-R-M? G-A-R-M. All right, I'm going to Google image that now. I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't. Because, as I say, you know, um, this is a bit of a uh, patchy you're period for me. you this one, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a good grief. What? Is it meant to be a dog or is it an alien? Uh, um, well, it's there, there's a there's a Viking theme running through this. So you've got the Vanir, uh, who are the guardians, and and Garm was like one of the Viking um, dogs of hell type things. But yeah, I think it's meant to be it's meant to be some sort of doggy creature. Oh, good grief! 
Is that animatronic or is it just a mask? Uh, it's, uh, it's meant to be a creature I, and it does, I think it moves about a little bit, but no, it's not, it's not that animatronic. Oh it's my fairly God. static. I think its mouth moves, you know, when it's eating its doggy biscuits. Um, but I, I so look forward to this then because there's so many weird things in this story. All right. Um, we, we lose a companion. Do we? Yeah, Nissa leaves. All right. I shouldn't be spoiling it for you because it might. The emotional impact of that might. Uh, Do you know what I'm? I'm instantly no whatsoever. <laughs> looking at him, looking at these yeah. photos, and listener, if you're listening to this, do the same thing. Uh, you might be too too young to remember the TV show called Animal Quackers. Oh, I remember Animal Quackers, where they like top of the pops, but with animals in animal suits. Yeah, if, if, if you yeah. type. Google it now, Ian. Animal, yeah. but then Quackers is K W A C K E R S. That's the vibe I'm getting. Because wasn't it some one of them was someone famous, wasn't it? Oh, no, God, I was thinking. Yeah, I think right. it was Mickey Most yeah. or something like yeah. that produced it or something. Yeah, that that just that horrible this sort of weird lion creature. Yeah, it's just um, freakish. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It's very much like that. Oh my goodness! It was probably slightly less believable. I look forward to this then, because I didn't realise you hadn't seen it. No, I don't know anything about it, and mm. I don't think I've ever seen the, these this creature before at all. Oh, wow! He looks like a grown-up Sir Didymus from Labyrinth. <laughs> yes, he does actually. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Only on a slightly lesser budget. Yeah, so the people will the the the, the things will be critiquing is him, and his keepers who are called the veneer. And I think his armour as well, because that looks just like bits of cardboard cut out yeah. on his shoulders. He, uh, he, his his bodysuit looks. You, you remember if you ever see the 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 Kral from um, Sharda, mm -hmm. the the suit for that was made out of like triangles of cardboard, and that's what that reminds me yeah. of as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. Well, <laughs> well, this is going to be interesting. Yes. So I, again, apologies. I. That you've got to buy this. Uh, no, no, no. As I say, plastic. it's uh, filling in gaps in my uh, yeah. in in my history. And, and this will be interesting as well for me because um, I've only ever seen it twice. Once when it was on, and then once when I got the DVD, which has got to be ten years ago now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether it's uh, it stood the test of time. You never fancy? Oh, I want to watch a Doctor Who. I'm going to watch Terminus. No, it's never. Perhaps that says something about it, but it's never jumped out. If I fancy a Peter Davison, I almost invariably will watch Earthshock. Right, right. Or possibly the Five Doctors, if I'm in that sort of mood. But yeah, Terminus is not quite, one that jumps quite out. Quite low at the bottom. But they sometimes they they sometimes surprise us, don't they? Hmm. So. Well, I'm going into it completely blind, apart from the things we've just been talking about now. Yes. That's all I know. And I won't look yeah. into anything until afterwards, all right? Yes. Yeah, you don't want to spoil the story. No, I will not. All right. All right, well, yeah, join yeah. us back in a week then, folks, and let's see if we can uh, continue the trend yeah. of uh, high, high Let, raters. Let's, let's hope it's not gone to the dogs. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, yeah, I've got a week to um, think of a comeback for that. Yeah. All right, okay, right, see you in a week right, then, so. folks. Right. Thanks, Ed. Cheers, Ed. Bye-bye. Bye.